This is Valentino Petrarca with WSOU. I had the privilege to attend Sonic Temple in Ohio and cover the event. You're about to watch an exclusive interview with Palais Royale conducted by myself. Please enjoy. Valentino Petrarca with WSU, and I'm joined here today with Emerson from Palais Royale. How are you today? I'm doing great. Nice windy day here. Yeah, it's real windy. It's, I think, a yellow degree or something like that, where it's like almost in the red, where it's really intense. That um, means it's fun. We're having fun here, you know? It's just a lot of fun. I was really sad, though. I, I would woke up super early to see Scarlord, and that whole stage was shut down. Yeah, yeah. But, like, I know I, like, there's a lot of other bands that like were going to play that stage. I know the internet was really hyped for it, you know? Yeah, yeah. We, I tweeted him. I was like, we want to give up 15 minutes of our set and give it to you. He was like, you guys are so nice, but there's like so many things I have to, you know? Yeah. So speaking of the set today, um, that was a massive set. It was enormous. I saw you guys 2018 Warp Tour and you guys played the small stage. You still filled it out, but that was just a sea of people. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that was crazy doing that. Um, since I'm the drummer, I usually kind of keep my head down and do my thing. I have like four psychopaths in front of me dancing around. Uh, to me, watching Remington is like the most entertaining thing. Like he would climb up the railing uh, I was like dude the stage is about falling down you're gonna help it's like destruction but it was great it was a great show it was absolutely phenomenal so another thing you guys just played a show in Worcester the Palladium in Massachusetts that's actually my hometown venue where I go there a lot um, and something happened Do you want to elaborate for our listeners what went down All right. Sebastian tells a much longer story but I'll simplify it uh, he has an adorable little dog on tour with us it's kind of a therapy dog for all of us which is great but he was uh, walking across the street and this guy like tried to speed up and hit her and like hit him as well and he like threw his coffee on him whatever I don't know incriminating him evidence uh, and then he immediately got arrested and then Remington and I since we're like his younger brothers we were like around with him and being like well let's leave you in there until midnight you know and my mom called us was like you can't do that but apparently the charge was really serious it was um assault with a deadly weapon a deadly weapon with a coffee cup that's crazy like and that's like a super serious thing when i heard that out i was like stopped laughing about it and i was like oh shit, like let's actually fix this yeah but uh we just released mugshot shirts so link in bio at palais royale Awesome, awesome. Yeah, yeah, the mic, they're cool. They even say Worcester on them, you know, like yeah, the date. Yeah. Um, so were you guys nervous that you guys wouldn't make it to that show that night and at the Palladium? Or? No, it was fine. Yeah. I was super chill about it because Worcester's like super chill, you know. It's like there's not many people there. If we were in like New York or L.A., I'd be a little worried for sure, but it was pretty chill. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now again, you guys have an enormous amount of energy on set. As you said, Remington just climbs everything and dances, and, and you're on the drums going to town. How do you guys keep that energy up for the entire show? Honestly, I think, because uh, we've been on tour ever since I was 18, and I'm 22 now. Uh, we do around like 200, 300 shows a year, give or take, you know? Uh, I think it's just doing that much touring and just being on tour with people like Hailstorm and Stone Sour, you learn so much from the professionals, you know? Uh, I think our stamina, though, is just is up. And we're psychopaths, for sure, you know? <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. Speaking of touring, you guys are doing the funeral tour coming up, yeah. and you said this is the, like, the end of the Boom Boom Room era, which is yeah. it's sad, but tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, like Sebastian said it perfectly. Uh, we wrote most of these songs that we're playing before we were even signed. Um, so we're excited to share the new chapter of everything. Uh, and what's really exciting is the new chapter comes with a comic book that I've hand-drawn every page and written the story with, uh, alongside a fan actually in Sweden. Uh, we do everything back and forth, it's just the two of us. So this next chapter is super thought out and uh, elaborate and theatrical. 
Uh, awesome. You guys are known for these theatrics. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, now you said you kind of like hinted, you know, at, at what it is. Do we know what it will like sound like, like sonically? Is it going to be similar in the vein of the Boom Boom Room albums, or is it going to be like its own entity? I think it's definitely going to be a step further. I think um, it was when Remington actually did the soundtrack for American Satan. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his voice on that when he was thrown in a metal atmosphere, so amazing. So I felt like that was the moment we realized we like we have to give him the aggression in the music not metal but like that punk rock like stooges funhouse vibe you know yeah, yeah. and with his voice it's mad because we opened tonight's or today's show with uh, i want to be your dog by iggy pop and the stooges so uh it's kind of in that vein of just like dirty rock and roll you know angry yeah like that, that aggressive stuff with like he's got very unique vocals that really cool come inside with his that really scream well. is amazing because it's not a metal scream it's like it's a rock and roll scream you know yeah yeah it really is so another question I have is that, so with Boom Boom Room Side A, like you guys gained a massive following and the hype just kept building and building for Boom Boom Room Side B. Was it tough to live up to that hype or? Uh, no, I think we're, we, we kind of stay so like just working and like our heads in the ground almost where it's like, like you'll pop up and look around and take a moment. Like I do that every December pretty much. Like I'll go hide away and just like take a moment to reflect. Uh, but it's cool, it's for sure cool. Uh, it's a trip. Like, for like, not that long ago, it feels like I was 18. Like, four years, you know, like, flies by, you know? Uh, but it's good, it's so many great memories. And like, even festivals like here, like, you'll see friendly faces that you're like, we see each other around the world, and, and it's cool. That's so cool, yeah, like you guys like have a ton of connections now. Yeah. It's really awesome. Yeah. Was the plan always to have a side A and side B? I think you guys originally wanted to have like a full album, yeah. right? But it was just too many songs. I wanted to do the full length with the label. It was like, you guys are insane. <laughs> Split it up. Uh, it definitely took like longer than expected to get both out, but we're happy where it's at because I think everything does happen for a reason and you learn a lot even from your mistakes and your struggles. I think that's when you learn the most actually. So. Were any songs cut from side A or side B? Yeah, for sure. Like there's, because um, I did the artwork, the in interior like liner artwork, like before we recorded it. So I put the song names of songs that don't exist now. <laughs> that's so, so cool. Yeah. And there's fans that come up, they're like, what happened to 14 hour Technicolor Dream? I'm like, it died. <laughs> like, didn't make it. You guys are really cool in the sense that I, I'll let you in on a little something about myself, my own listening habits. You got, you know, at the end of the year when they have the Spotify year end, like they calculate, you are my number one listened to artist. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's and I think it's because you guys just have such like a versatile sound. Like I can listen to you when I'm happy, sad, angry, you know, all that stuff. Is that like, do you guys think about that when you're going in? Like you want to like create a full spectrum of sound or is it more? I think we're just super vulnerable with any art form that we create um, in the sense that we bear our heart and our soul into everything we do and I think that's important because the fans the kids they you know what's real and what's not you know and, and you immediately see what's fabricated uh, so like the way we do it is just fucking bear our hearts you know just rip it open and they relate in the same exact way that's why we're so close and that's why it feels like a family like we were in Baltimore last night and that was like two hours after we finished, I was meeting every single kid, just sharing a nice moment. Because Baltimore was like the first place that we were kind of getting big, you know? Like four years ago, something. Yeah, yeah. We play, we opened for Icy Stars, <laughs> you know who that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So first night ever, I destroyed my drum kit. It was pretty cool. <laughs> well, yeah. It's real metal. <laughs> yeah, well, I, we were playing for all these like metal heads, and they hated us. And I was like, I gotta do something like psychotic. And then I did that, and they were like, <laughs> 
golf clap. I was like, <laughs> sick. Yeah. It's like a silent nod of like, don't go, yeah, don't go, like, don't go, kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you mentioned the fans. Do you have like a favorite fan interaction that you've had or like a fan that you've met that, that interaction that just really sparked you with joy or something? Yeah, it happens um, a lot actually. Every show, like, kids will come up and be like, I was going through like such depression and I just didn't want to create or draw and I just lost my interest in it and like when I watched your interviews or seen the band or seen the artwork it's inspired me to like I made a little hand a full sketchbook of like all their drawings their poems their expressions uh, and that's the most beautiful thing to see like kids coming up and being like I found out a bi uh, about Alan Watts because of you and I'm like I'm so proud of you <laughs> like they're usually around the age of like 15 which is like when I dropped out of school and like literally taught myself my own philosophy artwork everything and Alan Watts is like I like push him as much as I can for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's really uh, endearing and heartwarming to hear that being received. You know? What advice would you give to kids who are listening to Palais, seeing Palais, and they just get inspired to write music of their own? Like, What advice do you give to the young songwriters out there? I think it's so important uh, not to let outside influences affect your art, especially in the, in the beginning, because usually your first intention, your first artistic venture is fantastic. And, a lot of the time people will come in and change it and change your, you know, how the foundation is. And I think it's so important. And in my own life, I made sure that no one, no one had an opinion on what I did, so. Yeah. so as I said, I, I'm a fan of the music. There's a question that I have as a fan that I've been dying to know the answer to. Love the Void. Tell me a little bit about how that song came to be, like the lyrical, like the instrumentation. It's, it's such a mysterious song that I'm dying to know the inside to it. It's like a, a tortured, happy song, you know, almost. Um, Love the Void is like a quote, almost like my slogan in a way. Like I, it's everywhere in my body and I don't know, in my in my brain. <laughs> and like every artwork I, piece I sign is pretty much Love the Void. Uh, so when we turned it into a musical version, you know, it was important to go over the top and almost similar to our first EP, The End's Beginning, we went back to our roots of when we didn't really didn't listen to anyone and we were just completely experimental uh, with like orchestral parts and everything. Uh, but I love that song because it reminds me of like a Tim Burton movie or something. Yeah. So now you guys are notoriously known to be theatrical live, energetic live. Do you feel that sometimes you, it's a, it can be a burden to live up to that or no? No, I think I think we're still in that young enough state where this is all still really fun. Like we're really fun enjoying it. Like we're, we're heading over to Europe in like a month or so. Uh, there's only like six more shows on the funeral tour and then we do some festivals in Europe uh, and I get to see Slipknot. I'm stoked. <laughs> yeah, their new stuff is incredible. I'm, I'm excited to see where they go with this new yeah, album. We're going to bring Corey Taylor a mugshot shirt. He asked for it. I, I saw it on the Instagram actually, the comments. Yeah, we he was like... fanboy. Even though we're like friends, I guess, we were all just like, oh my god, Corey commented. <laughs> That's cool. So what do you think your dream tour lineup is. If, if, if we were to just say any band you want tour with, it could be real or fictional, like a member that's passed away, like Queen or stuff. Like it could be any band member yeah. in the world. I think, honestly, I wouldn't even have to play it. I would just want to see the Jimi Hendrix experience, like just be a groupie or something. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Awesome. Or like the Doors. The Doors would be like the greatest concert to see. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, so I got one more question for you, and this is a question I ask all the artists I've ever interviewed. Um, I very rarely get the same answer twice, and it never ceases to make me laugh. It's a really funny question. Um, what do you think the worst name to name a child is? If I were to just give you a baby right now and just say, name it the worst possible name, you can name this baby, what would you name the baby? I've been trying to like 
implant it into uh, Sebastian's head. I'm spacing on the name though. Uh, oh, Astrid. Astrid? Yeah, it's like the worst fucking name in the world. I don't know if anyone's named Astrid. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. But I think a great child, a girl, little girl's name would be Lilith. I think that would be a beautiful name. I think that's a beautiful name too. It's like got like a, it, it's easy on the tongue and it's just it's kind of a cute name, like yeah. and soft. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like that's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for inter coming to, you know, be interviewed today. We really appreciate it. Thank you for everything. Yeah, it was good to see you. You guys did a killer set today. Again, that was an exclusive interview only available here on WSOU. Keep it locked and check our SoundCloud or website for more exclusive interviews from Sonic Temple and a lot of other amazing artists. Thanks for listening.